when I realized that nobody hit me up, that nobody liked that version of Jay, this person that I was hanging on to and I was so ready to get back to, that nobody liked that person. Nobody missed him. And I was like, wow. All these people that I used to kick it with, all these people that I used to hang out with, everybody, I was gone for six months and nobody hit me up. And I was like, I was obviously doing something wrong. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. I am pleased to be joined today by Jay Chase. Jay is a recovery coach and leadership expert. So glad to have you on the show today, Jay. Oh, truly, truly phenomenal being here. Hello, hello, hello. Really good to see you. You know, um, I always love talking to you because you're always very inspirational. And always when I'm feeling that I need that like extra little bit of, you know, inspiration, Jay Chase is there to uh, the rescue. I I'm so glad to have you on today because I want to talk with you about how to restart your life in sobriety. You know, I know a lot of people worry about this, right, Jay? Because mm -hmm. you're going from a place of alcohol and drugs work for you to a place of they don't work for you anymore. And then all of a sudden you might be sober and you're sitting there saying, you know, how am I going to restart my life in recovery? And I know your story is really all about new beginnings and about restarts. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to just jump in, at, you know, and have people tell you, you know, have you tell people a little bit about yourself and your whole story about restarting. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's crucial. Like when we, you know, in order to change your life, Damon, only thing we have to do is change one thing that we do every single day, right? And so for me, that was drinking. I drink every single day. And when I cut out drinking, my entire life changed. So I had to recreate, reconstruct, and reevaluate who I was and where I wanted to go. Um, so 2015 or 2017, February 5th, I woke up at a jail cell. I had no clue how I got there. I had blood on my shirt, blood in my mouth. I'm like, yo, what's going on, right? Blacked out. And there's a button on the wall that goes to the comm tower. I pressed it and I said, what's my bond? This isn't the first time I've woken up in jail. I know the process here. I pressed the button. I get a bond. I bond out. Except for this time, they said no bond. And I said, oh, okay. All right. And I said, what's the charges? And they said, probation violation. KPS warrant served. I said, at least I know what I did, right? I, I can go do 11 years and restart my life. Luckily, I didn't have to do 11 years. I did six months and I, I was able to be released on probation, on a high intensity uh, drug court program through the state. And um, I, I completed it all. But when I was released from prison, there was one thing that hurt the most, Damon. And that was I get on my phone, I, I log into Snapchat, I log into Instagram, I, I, I log into Facebook, and I didn't have a single message from anybody. Not a single yeah. person. I've gone for six months. All these people wow. I used to hang out with, kick it with, go out and party with every single night. Like I said, I used to drink every day, and we just had to take away one thing to change my life. And nobody reached out to me. Where you at? Where you been? Well, you know... You know, Jay, I think the interesting thing about this story is a lot of the times people are sitting in there thinking like, okay, they're getting, they're sober, right? And then they get to play, well, you know, things are going to change. They're going to change drastically. 
but they don't understand how much reinvention needs to be done. And it might not be as drastic as ending up in a jail cell, right? It might just be, you know, all of a sudden you go to work one day and the after party or the whatever, like it's just not the same. But when you're sitting there, when you have a big moment like this and you're sitting there, what was it? the time, what was the time when you said to yourself, Oh my God, can you take us back to that moment? Like I've got to totally reinvent my life and restart it. What was that like for you? What was the process that you went through? That, <laughs> and that's, and that was the process right there. When I realized that nobody hit me up, that nobody liked that version of Jay, this person that I was hanging on to and I was so ready to get back to that. Nobody liked that person. Nobody missed him. And I was like, wow, all these people that I used to kick it with, all these people that I used to hang out with, everybody, I was gone for six months and nobody hit me up. And I was like, I was obviously doing something wrong. <laughs> so then do you decide like, hey, you know, this is it? Like, what what was that moment like? So you said, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to have to reboot my life here and just start over. I mean, there's got to be a lot of fear in that, right? Like who wants to just start everything over? Right. And that's when I... I had to really self-assess and say, like, at first I was hurt, completely crushed at all these people that I thought were friends didn't even reach out to me, right? That's a whole grieving process. And that's why I say nobody missed that version of Jay, because I had to put that, I had to put that version to rest. I had to put him down. And I literally went to, to the mirror and I said, I just want to be a good person and I want to be somebody that somebody misses. So I had to start going. I was like, what, what do good people do? I, you know, I started buying books, good versus evil, the spiritual practice of people with good actions. Like the four, I just started reading books. And I was like, what is it about good people that makes people miss people? And I, was, mm. I read the four agreements and it said, be impeccable with your word. So never tear anybody down. And I love it. I live it. I live it up to this day. Be impeccable with your word without sin. Right. And so I made a vow to never, ever tear anybody down with my words ever again, which I did when I was drinking, when I was using, I, I, I destroyed relationships with my words. But go ahead. So did you do so you so for you, your whole thing is like, I'm going to do things totally different than what I did before. Like just totally different. So what are some of the fears that go? Cause I know you work with other people now in leadership and, and, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're helping them walk through restarting their lives when they're at the very, very bottom, right. When they're, mm -hmm. when they're having that experience that you had, um, you talked about the process that you went, you got books and you figured it out. Did you just decide, Hey, I'm just going to be a different person. And this is the person I want to be. Did you reinvent that? Did you have a model or what was that process like for you? Yeah. At, at the beginning, no clarity, pure motivation, pure motivation. And, and, and to this day, I've rethought that process and saying that we don't need motivation. We need clarity. Right. Cause when motivation goes away, we need to know what the next step is. Otherwise we won't take it. So what that process looked like was, all right, first, let's just get a bunch of inf information. Let's get them. Cause I didn't even know what a good person was. Like I knew what I wanted. Like I wanted to be missed. I wanted to do good things. I wanted to add value to the world, but I didn't even know where to start. So I got information. I started reading books that just had the word good in the title because I, I was so unfamiliar with 
restarting and where I was. Cause like, like you said, this is completely different. This is something that I've never done before. And so I'm starting from the basis. But one thing that I did that separates a lot of people today is that I took inspiration, information, and I turned that into implementation, right? Mm -hmm. I today still live by the four agreements. I love that. I love that. You know, one, one of the things that I think is, um, confusing for people in recovery. You know, we know that uh, we know that alcoholism, drug addiction is as much as a thinking disorder as it is an actual physical addiction, right? We know that right. people with that suffer from addiction, especially when they're in it, think differently, right? right? They process differently. And what I love about you, like the one thing I really liked when I met you is you're, you're an action person and I'm an action person too, right? And I think so many times we're in our head thinking about what we want to do. And we know, like, for example, weight loss, like every, pretty much everyone in the world knows how to lose weight, right? It's the actions around it. That's, that's the issue, right? Like exercise, eat well, get, get rest. Like everybody kind of knows the basics, but no one really wants to execute it. How, how was that for you as far as the execution? Because I think one of the things that hold people up isn't the information as much like, like you said, you could grab some books, find out kind of who you want to be, but then reinventing yourself and restarting your life and sobriety with that is going to take massive action to be able to do that. Yes. And, and that's where the disconnect is. And that's why we click so well. I always say that there, there's a disconnect between self-awareness and action. Right. And that's what I come and do. I come help you put that disconnect together so we can get this this train of growth rolling because we can be aware of all the things that we do wrong. But are we ready and one willing to take action on fixing those things? I got a, I got a rule in my company with my team is that on, on, on our meetings, on our monthly meetings, we do not complain about the things that we are not willing to change. We don't like we 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 have to be willing to change that, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so it, it, it's the fact that it's the fact that when we are made aware of our actions, are those patterns problematic? And if they are, we add a principle, right? Me, I move way too fast. I move. I'm very fast paced. So what my principle is is Jay. Fast isn't fast if you have to do it twice. So make sure that you look at the details. Right. Mm. And that helps me implement the action of change. It may get, it, I have a principle to fall on. I'm very principle driven. It's very black or white for me. Mm. Well, you know, what's, what's interesting is, is that when we were talking about this topic, one of the things I kept thinking is that you're always restarting your life in sobriety. You're oh it right. Like, and one of the things I think that people think is a one and done. Well, okay. I'm going to get sober. I'm going to kind of reinvent my life a little bit. I, I really feel like getting, so the process of getting sober, Jay, actually uh, restarts it for you. You don't have right. to really worry about the reinvention, right? And you talked about this awareness. And I think, you know, for me, I could, you know, thinking back, I was aware of certain things and I wasn't, you know, it's like, I don't want to live my life this way. I was aware of that, right? But I wasn't aware of everything. And it took me the process of getting sober. And for me, it was like working the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous that really helped me with that and other things, right? Uh, coaching, other different things that I did uh, that really kind of helped me get there. But it's really about holding that awareness in your mind, right? Like, because without that kind of self-realization, 
of where you've been and be, being able to be honest with yourself about where you're at now, you can't really move forward, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and I think there's three, there's four phases to it. Once we have the awareness, then we move to action. And if we put that action in long enough, we can do acceleration. We can start accelerating. So when we find that these feelings or problems or patterns come up and we now have an action to go to, now we can accelerate to that action. But then eventually that becomes automation. I tell people all the time, that's why I only try to deal with people that are 90 days plus in active recovery, right? Why? Because my, my, my sobriety was forced upon me until a certain point in time where I had to make a choice. And I think who you are in 90 days of recovery is somebody who you're completely different than where you were when you first started. Your why is ever evolving. You're always restarting. You're always recreating. And then you always have to understand who you are on a deeper level at each level of it. I'm six years sober, still reinventing myself. Right now I'm writing a book so I can purge what I've already, what I've learned over the six years and make space for more. Well, Jay, I'll tell you, I'm 29 years sober. And I'm still reinventing myself. I, you know, I, I, I get to, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago. Like I, this is really the kind of the key. I think one of the things that really pissed me off about this whole restarting your life in sobriety is that I really did kind of think, okay, well, I'm going to get to a certain level, whatever that means. It never existed. Right. That somehow it was some sort of hierarchy that I get to the certain level where parts of my life would not need to be reinvented all the time, like friendships and, you know, uh, relationships with family and like how I do certain things at work and everything. But what I found, it's not like levels. It's more of like an onion. It's kind of unpeeling back. I have a new greater level of awareness and like a snake, I have to kind of shed that skin, right. And move into something new, but I'm not leaving what I learned before. I'm taking it with me. It's just mm-hmm. that I have to I have to let go of certain things. How, how hard was that for you? Because I know for me, letting go of the way that I think it should be or the way it should happen mm-hmm. is one of my biggest character defects. Like I have a really hard time being able to let go and just say, well, you know, I've done all I can do here. And now mm-hmm. I just have to let go and let life happen. Mm. How, how was that for you? Are you good at, were you good at letting go or did you, you know, were there challenges with that? Man, challenges at first, but the first thing that I tackled in sobriety was forgiveness. And the core, I don't think forgiveness is complete until release. So you have to literally let go of the action, the injustice, the person, the feeling, the resentment. You have to let go of that when you're working through re- forgiveness. And that was the first thing I tackled in, in sobriety. And so when it comes to reinventing myself, I had a framework. I literally reinvented myself based on the four agreements. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. And it was that last principle that you're asking about. Always do your best, right? And I knew that if I showed up to every single situation and I gave 120% and I always did my best, I was impeccable with my words. I didn't take anything personally. I knew that whatever anybody else was dealing with was what they were dealing with. I was able not to make assumptions of it and let it go and move in my authentic self. I have to trust myself more than the situation. I, I always tell people this, when you want to change your life, when you want to change you yourself, you have to change your environment too, your people, places, and things. Otherwise, growth is going to be slow and difficult if you change yourself and not your environment. 
or even if you change your environment, not yourself, growth will be slow and difficult. You'll, you'll get there. It'll be slow and difficult. But if you change yourself and you change your environment, growth will be fast and successful. It's never going to be easy to reinvent yourself. Yeah. You know, I think, I think the, I know for me looking back and by talking with people and working with people in, in recovery, especially early recovery, one of the things is I think people think that the, how they're going to restart their life is it really all has to do with alcohol. If I can only live, you know, first it becomes, if only I can figure out a way to drink and not have all these ramifications, right. then it becomes, oh, well, I maybe can't, I'm an alcoholic. Okay. I can't drink at all. Then it becomes about, okay, well, how am I going to live my life not drinking? Mm -hmm. Right. And then you find out within that first year, most of the restarting and reinvention has nothing to do with alcohol. Yeah. It, ha it, it has to do with who you are and how you feel and how you think. Right. Like, mm -hmm. And that's, I think, a shocker for people because people that might be listening the first 90 days, like you're saying, they're saying to themselves, well, okay, well, I just got to figure out how to get through my employment situation or dating by being a non-drinker and all that kind of stuff, right? But really, it becomes something not about that. What, what are some of the things that it became about for you as it went on? What are the things that surprised you, Jay? Chase, you know, the guy who motivates people, the guy who leaves people. What were some of the big shockers that you had that you go, oh my God, I, I, I had no idea I'm going to have to reinvent and restart this. <laughs> oh man. Um, so like so much, whether with all four of those principles I just told you about, it was working through that. Like <laughs> loving unconditionally when I found out the true basis of unconditional love and how I need to love and value every single person around me, why I inspire and, and motivate everybody around me is because I love and value everybody around me. But what it took to get there was complete reinvention of how I saw love, of how I registered love, of what I saw it to be or how I thought I could receive it. So I, I had to go, I had to scratch my old beliefs, throw out agreements I had with words. I had like I had to I had to completely and it was so it was an ego death that I was proud to put down, if that makes sense when I look back. Absolutely. You know what? This is it's I, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and we were talking about that this really is. I think when they talk about Jay, you know, cause a lot of people that are listening to this, they might not be sober. They might be thinking about getting sober and they're like, okay, I need a fresh start here. Maybe I could pick up a couple tricks that Jay is going to give me. And then I'm going to be able to do this. Right. But really getting sober really at the end of the day, if we're going to analyze it, the sobriety that's going to last, not just physically not drinking alcohol, but I'm talking like emotional recovery and all that other stuff that really comes with, this realization that that the old Damon and Jay has got to die and there's got to be this new rebirth, right? That that's going on. And that is scary. You know, let drop, you know, I know for me, dropping alcohol, alcohol was my best friend. Alcohol worked for me really well 
for a long time until it didn't. And I was one resentful and two freaked out that I had to kind of let this person get like this thing go. Right. And I had to just reinvent myself. Um, you know, this death of who you are and who you think you are, I, I believe kind of has to happen. Right. Yeah. This lack of control. Right. How, how was that for you? Like, because I know for me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm similar to you. Like I'm out, I'm an action person I'm doing. And it wasn't necessarily ego driven as much as it was just inspiration driven, but still there was that huge process of letting that go over who I thought I was and having to be able to drop that and know that that had kind of died. Right. Mm -hmm. how, how was that for you? I mean, was there a point when you thought, man, I, I'm just not going to be able to do this? Well, I always tell people, be careful what you what you ask for. You'll probably get it, right? And if emotional healing showed up in your life looking like a prison cell, would you still want it? <laughs> and it, that's how it showed up for me. So it didn't matter what I said. It didn't matter how much I prayed. It didn't matter you know, what people thought about me, but I had to walk this journey in this process by myself. Nobody could come save me. Nobody could come get me out of it. I couldn't lean on nobody. Like for the first six months, I was in prison by myself. And the only thing that was going to get me through is going through that process. That was it. I had a start date and an end date. And that's what I had to look forward to. So when it comes to, I was, I didn't want to put down the person that I was because I didn't choose to go down this route in the first place, right? Like I, like they were like, nope, he got to go, pulls me out of society. And they're like, you either work on yourself or you're going to stay right here. And so I was forced yeah. to look in the mirror. And so when I say, when I say it was a full ego death, like I had to strip myself and say that that person is no longer good to be according to judge society and everybody around me, all the relationships I burned, all the things that I've broken, you know, and, and it was scary because it was comfortable. And I tell, and I tell all the listeners this, man, everything that you want and everything that you don't have that you do want is right outside your comfort zone. It was so uncomfortable. That. It was, it, was it so is uncomfortable. It is. And I think that's why most people stop because they can't, they don't think that there's going to be an end to that discomfort. You know, Jay, when we come back, I want to drop some jewels on people. I really want to give people a gift here because you've got a lot of really great solutions on how to restart, how to start. Because I know a lot of people, you know, what happens, they get in recovery and I see this and even a year or two into it, they think they're just broken and they're never going to be able to restart. And, you know, Jay is here to tell you that that's totally possible. So when we get back, uh, Jay is going to drop some value bombs on us. Tell us some tips on how you can kind of restart your life in sobriety. So we'll be right back with Jay Chase. Are you looking to enhance the quality of your sobriety in the new year? Look no further than Recovered Life's Recovery Meditation Meetings, hosted by Pastor Kevin Klein, a sober coach and recovery-focused meditation teacher with over 25 years of experience. Meditation has the power to be a game-changer in your recovery journey, and Kevin's decades of experience makes him the perfect guide to help you find peace and freedom through meditation. Take advantage of this opportunity to commit to a better sobriety in 2023. RSVP now by visiting recoveredlife.us and clicking on Find Your Meeting. See you there. 
You're listening to the Recovered Life Show. All right, I am back with Jay Chase, recovery coach and leadership expert. We're talking about how to restart your life in sobriety. I promised everybody, Jay, when we came back, we're going to talk about how to do this because I know a lot of people, they get stuck right at the beginning or they maybe get into it. They experience pain and they're like, I am never going to be able to get unstuck and restart. So, Jay, how do you do it? If you're that person that's listening to this, what do you tell them? Man, if you got in the car and put a destination into the GPS of where you wanted to go, you would have to tell the GPS where you're at. So I always say when you're starting, just you got to know who you are at your core. Because if we're going to strip away all the external, all we're going to have left is the internal. So who we are, how we act, what what we put first, and, and how we move throughout the world. I, I, I definitely tell everybody to start with the DISC assessment so we can know our strengths, our limitations, what we're good at, how we communicate, and who we really are on our natural. Like who we are when we're not thinking about our thinking. And then who do we turn into when we are thinking about our thinking in situations that are uncomfortable and environments we're not familiar with around people that we don't really know. So then we can start looking for signs of when we're slipping into that adaptive style versus that natural style. But when you know who you are at your core, then we can start building. Man, there's an exercise that I do for that I do and I tell all my clients to do is to connect with your future self, right? There's a study done in London that that um, they they monitor people's brains and and they ask people think about yourself in a past life, and and one side of the brain lit up. They said think about yourself uh, in the future, and, and a different side of the brain lit up, and they said think about a stranger. And the same side that lit up when they thought about themselves on the future lit up when they thought about the stranger. And so it came to the conclusion that 83% of people don't have a relationship with their future self. And so I, I definitely start with the premise of where we're at and where we want to go. All right. So my first, my first ask was when you want to restart your life is what does your best life absolutely look like if money wasn't an option if if you know you didn't have to work when you just did what you did like what does your best life look like love that i love that you know i think you said something that's so key there is that one of the things that to do this you don't need to be in that future state like i always say like if you're in a bad situation like you were in you know you're in prison if you can't see the opportunity in prison, if you can't see the good things that, that are happening there, you're not going to be able to see them when you get out, right? Like it's so much of a consciousness game, long-term recovery, I think. It's like knowing when your consciousness is go and your awareness is going to a place that is not helping anybody, you know, mm -hmm. and we're so hard on ourselves internally a lot of times. I think that's one of the misconceptions, right? Like I think people think that, alcoholics and especially recovered alcoholics are really tough but really we are in one way but but we're also very sensitive too right we're very sensitive to suggestion and people around us and wanting to do the the, the right thing H how do you keep that going jay like how how do you keep you know you get down the path and then it starts to get hard which is what a lot of people do right and then you hit an obstacle how do you muster up? What do you tell yourself to keep going? Mm. 
Mm. Instead of sliding backwards. Mm. You signed up for this. Jay, remember what you wanted. Remember what you want. Remember it. And we need to not be emotionally attached to the outcome, but be emotionally attached to the process of becoming. This is why I talk about the art of becoming all the time. We get to a point in our sobriety where we're no longer emotionally attached to the person that we once was, but now we're emotionally attached to the person that we're becoming. And so where does that switch happen when we restart our life, when 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 it gets hard and we tell ourselves to keep going? It, it It's typically either us getting lost in the details and the steps to get to the big picture, or it's us trying to add to the big picture, right? When we just need clarity, clarity on what the big picture is and where we're headed. This is why I say we don't need motivation. This is, we need clarity. Hmm. It's the C word. I'm with you on this one. I, I actually use the word clarity a lot because I don't have to agree with what's going on, but I have to be clear about what's going on. Right. For mm -hmm. me to get into a place where I can accept that and move forward in my life. Right. I love that, that, that clarity, you know, you were talking about changing things around you. And I think some of the first things to change is the people a lot of the times, right? Like you said, mm -hmm. you didn't add any Instagram messages. You didn't have, you know, you were back in that place where you're like, okay, I need to build people around me. I, I found it so essential Jay to have people in my life uh, that, that see the good in things too. And that can see where we're going. I know for me personally, um, you know, it's so easy not to be able to, to look at all the negative things and not look at the positive things mm -hmm. that, that are going on. And I can't see growth in myself a lot. So it's really important. I'm super hard on myself. Like I don't, I see it in other people, but it's interesting because uh, long ago, I learned that if I could see it in other people, it must be happening in me from a metaphysical. It must be, I must have the opportunity to be able to experience that. So if I see people being happy and I'm not feeling happy, just that I recognize that is, is, is a good start. How did you do that with the people, places, and things in your life? Was there some sort of inventory you did, Jay? Or like, how, how did you change that? Because I think a lot of people get stuck there. They're like, how am I going to do that? Do I have to find new friends? I can't find new family members. What What do I do? Yeah, man, this is good. Um, influence, 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 influence. When we really think about our friends, it is just the people that we influence, right? What level of leadership do we lead the people around us? And um, what it comes down to is we have to look and see who values us and who doesn't. And who do we value and, and, and who do who should we value, right? I don't want to say who we don't value because I value everyone and I think we need to value everyone, everybody. But it comes down to when you when you find out that you need to change your people, places, and things, starting with your people, you need to find new people to add value to. That's it. Go add value to new people and build relationships with those people. So, pe so many people are scared of they have the fear of losing something and the hope of something lasting forever rather than just diving into this present moment and adding value to the present situation. Mm, totally great, Jay. I mean, I think these things that you're telling everyone here today on this podcast is really, I mean, these are really golden things, you know, and it took me a long time to find that out. Yeah. I had to piece together. So it's like finding people that are like-minded 
that are going to support you and keep that consciousness going. Final thoughts, Jay. If you know somebody's out there listening, they're saying, "Hey, you know what? Jay Chase can do this because he's Jay." But you know, I've tried before. I don't really think I can do it. What would be your final thoughts? What what what's your what would be your message to that person? Try it a different way. The law of trade-off says, in order to get something I've never had, I have to do something I've never done. So if you want to achieve sobriety, if you want to achieve a recovered life, try it a different way. Try it a way that you haven't done yet. Because people are doing it. It's possible. I'm human. You human. You can push through it. But just do it a different way. Einstein said doing the same thing over and over again, respecting different results is insanity. So don't change your level of intensity of doing the same thing. Try it a different way. Mm, I love that. Guys, we're going to put links about how you can get to Jay. He is on Recover Life. We're going to put links to how you can hear uh, more about what Jay is doing in the show notes. So make sure to go and click on those. Jay, thanks so much for coming on the show today. This was so great. And uh, I really think it helped a lot of people. So thank you. Yes, grateful. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Stay focused, stay inspired, stay connected. Always. Looking for more than just a 12-step program for your recovery journey? Discover Recovered Life, a dynamic and supportive community tailored for individuals just like you. We offer a unique, free peer support experience that embraces various paths to achieve your best recovered life, and all from the comfort of your own home. Become part of our free community and attend virtual meetings led by top recovery coaches and experience addiction peer support specialists. Together, we discuss, share, and heal from a wide range of addictions such as alcohol, drugs, codependency, disordered eating, and overcoming dysfunctional family dynamics. At Recovered Life, we leave behind the dogma and drama, just focus on building our best recovered lives. Join our community today. Visit recoveredlife.us and sign up for free.